0: Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in coming up this week. The carbon that goes into the atmosphere could
1: be reused, recaptured and turned into something useful. Our process, gas fermentation, allows people to do that. So the ambition is really to to turn the heads of people who who are very fixated on established paths to produce fuels and chemicals and say, look, you know, there's there's a way we can produce them from the materials that that are floating around in society right now.
0: Yes, we're spending time with the remarkable Lanzatech this week. A company creating renewable fuels using the carbon that's already in our atmosphere incredible stuff stay tuned (music) yes welcome back this is episode 51 of the better business show much appreciate you coming back to us and tuning in once more uh, now, for the first time in almost a year, we failed miserably to put out an episode of the show last week. Um, I hated doing that, so my sincere apologies. Uh, the week just got away from me. I'm sure you can understand how it is. Uh, but we had no content for the show. So there was a mix up with Times and interviewees and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, you know what it's like when you return from the, the sort of Christmas break? Everything's a bit up in the air. Um, anyway, we're back again this week once more with another great story for you. And this week's uh, guest business might well be one that you're familiar with. You might have come across them, they're, they're fairly familiar. To, to many of you, I'm sure, um, because mainly because they've been, you know, making such great progress over the last sort of ten years or so. So it was great to catch up with one of the co-founders of tech Sean Simpson, this week. Um, you're going to find out all about green fuel technology and what LanzaTech is doing is super impressive so stay tuned for all of that Uh, but before we get there um, if you're coming to us for the first time or even if you're a seasoned listener now and have been with us for a while there's four things I want you to do this week Um, first check out the back catalogue I know there's a number of you out there that have emailed saying that you're working your way through all 50 odd episodes and that's brilliant i love to hear from you and i love the fact that you're doing that um you know if you do that there's no narrative arc i'm afraid there's no clever way that i've tried to pin all these episodes together but hopefully each episode does stack up on its own right and gives you enough to sort of take away back to your organizations to help you do things better Uh, to be more efficient, to be more smart, to be more sustainable. Hopefully there's enough sort of takeaways in there. That's the idea of the show anyway, to really spread good work, good best practice out there, uh, whatever you want to call it. So that's the first thing, do that. Second, sign up to our newsletter, hit the big box at the top of our homepage, Uh, betterbusiness.show is our website, we're currently working on a a redesigned site, so that'll be with you soon, but in the meantime, just head to the old site, betterbusiness.show, you'll find a box at the top, give us your email address and you'll get our newsletter. Thirdly, subscribe to the show. Uh, just use iTunes or SoundCloud or uh, Stitcher or Deezer, any other sort of apps that you can use to, to listen to podcasts these days. Uh, and while you're there, please do give us a nice review and a five-star rating. That'd be really much appreciated. And number four, um, please head to the Better Business Show t-shirt sh- uh, store. Not easy for me to say, uh, betterbusinessshow.com tmill.co.uk. that's at lcouk that's our t-shirt business we set it up last summer um, and we've got some brilliant t-shirts lovely organic ethically produced t-shirts from the guys at Rapa Nui, all designed by us here at the Better Business Show um, so have a little look have a browse get yourself a t-shirt let's face it the summer's not too far away now it might be cold out there but um, it'll soon be with us uh, anyway right on with this week's show Jennifer Holmgren, the CEO of the pioneering green fuels business, Lanzatech, has been hunkering down at the beautiful Cedar Lakes estate, some 70 miles outside of New York City. For two weeks, with limited access to the outside world, she, along with 11 other business leaders, have been put through some serious mentoring and business strategizing as part of the Unreasonable Impact Program in the US, an initiative orchestrated by Barclays Bank and the Unreasonable Group. And it was for good reason. Lanzatech was selected as one of just 12 businesses from, let's face it, a gargantuan list of innovative companies out there. Because it is on the cusp of greatness, demonstrating as it is through its unique business model that it can scale up marvelously, creating some 500 new jobs in the emerging green economy within the next five years. At least that's the thinking. Founded in 2005, Lanzatech has found a way to commercialise carbon capture and reuse technology. It converts carbon-rich waste gases, which contain carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, uh, hydrogen, and turns them into high-quality biofuels and chemicals. So, taking the waste carbon in gases and residues coming out of steel manufacturing plants, for example, and sequestering them into a new product fuels that can power our cars our planes and our future this week co-founder of the business sean simpson joined me over skype to explain how the business plans to shake up the renewable energy sector with its fuels which reduce life cycle greenhouse gas emissions by more than 70 percent compared to conventional gasoline here's my conversation with sean Sean, thanks for being there and joining us here on The Better Business Show. Um, Now, it says on your website that you're revolutionising the way the world thinks about carbon. Um, Why don't we start by you giving us a kind of brief pitch? What is it you're doing? Because it it seems like a very complex thing you're doing, and maybe you don't see it that way, but maybe if you can give us a simplified version of what it is that you're doing at LanzaTech.
1: Sure. So we, uh, we developed a process that allows... Uh, many different inputs to be turned into fuels, and specifically we focus on gas inputs. What we uh, have developed is a fermentation process that produces fuels and chemicals from uh, resources such as the emissions from, for example, steelmaking, or uh, some of the waste gases from, for example, oil refining, as well as uh, uh, processed um, societal waste like municipal solid waste or agricultural waste. All of these can be used in the same process uh, as uh, an an input for the production of sustainable low-carbon fuels and chemicals. So everybody understands fermentation as the process that allows us to make beer and wine. In that process, uh, a, a, a microbe turns sugar into uh, alcohol. In our process, microbes turn gases into alcohol.
0: Okay, okay. But what other wastes are you dealing with? So it's from from steelmaking, you say? What, what, what other industries you're getting your kind of feedstock from?
1: So, so we, we've looked at, uh, for example, uh, municipal solid waste, so landfill waste. That can be taken and gasified and turned into a, a gas that uh, we can process into into fuels and chemicals. Uh, we've looked at gases coming from, uh, for example, uh, the refining industry. So refineries produce waste gases, and we can capture those waste gas. Rather than being fled, we can capture them, and, and again, Uh, Turn them into fuels and chemicals. So we really see an opportunity for uh, us as a society to take the carbon that we're already using, that we already have circulating in our economy, and recycle that into, uh, uh, in the first instance, fuels, the second instance, chemicals like polymers or plastics. Uh, such that, uh, in, in a circular way, we can keep seeking to reuse the same carbon rather than digging up new carbon and
0: and, uh, and pushing that into the atmosphere. Right, right. And, and much of our audience will probably, you know, unfamiliar with with Landa Tech and coming to you for the first time. But you, I mean, this is not new. You've been around for a while now, haven't you? Talk talk us through the sort of journey you've been on, Sean. I mean, I imagine it's been a bit of a roller coaster for you. But you've been around since 2005, haven't you? Talk us yeah. through what's happened since then.
1: Yeah. So yeah. We so we founded the company in 2005. Uh, that time we were based in New Zealand, and uh, really, really on on a on a premise that we, you know we we thought there was there was an opportunity to use available uh, feedstocks for the production of sustainable fuels and chemicals. And since that time, you know, we've been pretty fortunate to raise uh, money for the idea. Um, Uh, we, We rushed quickly to demonstrate our process at some scale. With particularly with with the steel industry, where we can take sort of inevitable byproducts of steel making and uh, and turn those gases into uh, into into fuels, uh, we've demonstrated the technology in China, in Taiwan, uh, in Japan now, and uh, uh, we relocated the company um, a couple of years ago to the U.S. Uh, we're now based in Chicago, and we're currently constructing our first commercial uh, projects. Uh, one in uh, a commercial unit at a steelmaking facility in China, just outside of Beijing, okay. and another at a um, steelmaking facility with ArcelorMittal, the world's largest steelmaker in, uh, in Ghent, in Belgium.
0: Right, right. So, in
1: both locations, we'll be taking sort of uh, emissions from sort of gas emissions from steelmaking and converting those into, uh,
0: into fuel ethanol. Right, right, and so backtrack to kind of the, the start again, and, and where did where did the idea for the for the process uh, start? Presumably, this is a sort of in the laboratory, was it? I mean, where where did it all come from?
1: It really came to me in the pub, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so you know, me, me and uh, the guy I founded the company with, we we're, were kind of uh, sitting there, and we had a very strong interest and and um, understanding of of the the area of of Renewable fuel production, and uh, at that time, all the focus was on using uh, biomass, so using uh, wood or using sugars to, to as the feedstock for the production of, of renewable fuels. And we we understood the the economics associated with using biomass, and, and felt that not only was this going to be economically challenging, but it was also technically challenging. So releasing sugars from wood is not a trivial task and so our view was you know is there a better way is there a better feedstock and and uh, we didn't have an answer to that but what we did was say well what if there was a feedstock that was available right now it was uh, available in very large volumes it wasn't a food we didn't eat it uh, it was low cost and you didn't have to transport it it was found in a single location what what would that feedstock be and you realize that you're talking about wastes yeah waste mm. from industry waste from society waste from agriculture and uh, and then when you think about those wastes our conclusion was that if 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 those wastes many of those wastes exist as a gas so industrial waste is is uh, often gaseous but the re- remaining material can be turned into a gas through established processes like gasification mm. so so if we had a process that could convert gases into fuels, then we uh, we could access a very very broad array of uh, of inputs to a process inputs that are available in almost any geography throughout the world, and uh, and uh, and that would be ideal. And so we started then focusing on on gas fermentation and, and microbes that are able to use gases like carbon monoxide, carbon uh, carbon dioxide, and hydrogen mm. as as their source of energy and uh, to to produce fuels right.
0: and I, and I guess it's been a bit of a balancing act for you guys in in I guess on one hand finding those those sources for, for feedstocks, looking at companies that have got waste they want to get rid of, and then finding the customers that that kind of want to use the end product. i mean what, what what's been the toughest of those for you the
1: the toughest <laughs> the toughest really has been finding customers who are, or, or people who are uh, sufficiently excited by, um, by, by, the, by the innovation to, to want to, to host you at their site to, to, to allow you to demonstrate the validity of what you're doing. Um, right. I mean, the market for, for fuel is, is pretty insatiable. So once you're able to – everybody the great thing is that everybody accepts that if you can produce the fuel, you'll be able to sell it. So that's, right. Right. that's kind of that box checked. So then, it's really a question of of going to, for example, a steelmaker mm. and saying, you know, I've got this idea to turn your gas into a fuel. And uh, the the first look is one of bewilderment, and then uh, and then once you sort of take people through it, then uh, then then the excitement uh, builds, and so and that's what we've found. So, so I think I think. We've we spent a long time really demonstrating that this is something we can do. And now, you know, we're very fortunate to have two excellent commercial partners, one in China, as I said, and one in Europe, right. uh, with who to, to, to do this now commercially.
0: And, and has, has it been tough to get people excited about the, the, the technology, the technology, the innovation, because they just accept that they're going to create waste. They've always created this waste and they don't really think about it. I mean, is that is that what you're trying to overcome here?
1: Um, yeah, to an extent, but also you've got to overcome, um, you've really, you've really got to overcome people's, um, lack of understanding of, of, of this area of innovation and, and, you Quite, quite understandably you know, no one's really heard of gas fermentation so and uh, and and folk in the steel industry haven't really thought about biotechnology so so going into a steel mill and talking about a a, a biotech process to take very large volumes of toxic flammable gas and turn it into a fuel you know it's uh it takes a couple of uh, takes, a, takes a couple of goes to get people across the line.
0: Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. So, who are your customers right now? Who Who are you actually selling the the fuel and the, and the chemicals to?
1: So we're we're building our first commercial plants right now,
0: and um, and so our our
1: customers will be um, uh, will be fuel distributors. Uh, but in addition, we've we've focused on developing. A, a process to to take our ethanol and convert that, on convert that into a jet fuel, and there we have uh, off-take agreements from the likes of Virgin Atlantic, uh, who who are excited to uh, to find a new source of sustainable, low carbon jet fuel uh, that uh, that we can produce. Both from our process process and and other processes that make ethanol. So, so we, we've got we've got a few avenues to market uh, um, uh, right now.
0: Uh, yeah, and that's ex- so exciting, isn't it? I mean, what what's the kind of the real ambition here? What's I mean, obviously there's an opportunity, but is there an opportunity here to you know completely switch out the entire aviation sector onto this type of fuel?
1: Yeah, I I mean personally, I think. The ambition really is for people to, to value carbon, to so us, us to as a society recognize that the carbon that goes into the atmosphere um, uh, could be reused, recaptured and turned into something useful. And and I think a pro- our process, gas fermentation, allows people to do that. So the ambition is really to to turn the heads of people who uh, who who are very fixated on on uh, on established paths to produce these uh, fuels and chemicals, and say, look, you know, there's there's a way we can we can not only produce the the fuels and chemicals that we that we have today, that we need today within society, um, uh, but we can produce them from the 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 materials that that are floating around in society right now the carbon that we use right
0: yes yeah yeah and i guess i wonder how how important uh kind of future regulation might be for for a company like yours you you know so this is about getting people excited or interested in carbon and the value of carbon um i mean what what the sort of legislative sort of obstacles in the way over the next few years
1: well, it's, 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 I mean I think that this is a really really interesting uh, point because legislation tends to be written based on people's view of 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 what is possible and the, the challenge with gas from implantation is until uh, companies like Lanzatech came along uh, no one had any clue that uh, one could use these gases as a source of uh, of fuel you know we can produce an ethanol fuel that that demonstrates over 75% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions compared to gasoline.
0: Yeah. Now
1: the challenge we have, in, from a legislative perspective, is that legislators have have decreed that um, renewable fuels must be made from plants. And uh, and and whilst, whilst I think you know using uh, crops as a as a feedstock for making fuels is is a is a valid approach. It's 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 no more or less valid than than using um, than using gases because ultimately what we should be valuing is our ability to produce a fuel that doesn't create uh, an emission a carbon emission uh, that uh, or that displaces a carbon emission that we experience today yeah. and and so and so valuing the reduction in carbon is something that uh, that we need to do as a society and valuing routes that allow us to produce chemicals and fuels that reduce our overall carbon emission uh, has to be a, a legislative direction. And there are legislation, pieces of legislation in place that achieve that. You look in, in, in California, for example, the low carbon fuel standard uh, does achieve that. But in Europe and to an extent here in, in the federal legislation in, in the U.S., the, the, the still there's still some way to go to get that recognition.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is there a big part of you that's that's fairly frustrated when you look at the progress you've made over the last few years? I mean, obviously some some wonderful kind of uh, successes, but uh, are you sort of frustrated at that you can't accelerate quicker?
1: Uh, always frustrated. <laughs> that's what that's what drives things forward. Always impatient. That's what yeah. uh that sort of creates the urgency. Um but you know what we're trying. What, what you know, effectively, what we're developing is is a uh, a, a completely new, a completely novel industrial scale process. Mm. And I think I think whenever you're doing that, it, it, it is going to take time. Um, we're, we're 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 sort of. Reinventing, if you like, the, the ability to make fuels and, and chemicals with a with a, with a completely new uh, technology. So, um, I, th- I think I think we've I think we've moved very quickly. We've, we started in test tubes, and now uh, we're constructing plants that produce um, uh, many many thousands of tons of, of, of or millions of tons of, of fuel a year. Um, and uh, and I think that's you know that's 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 a journey that's always going to take a little time. But I think what's what's frustrating more is is um, the challenges we face with we, we face greater challenges with legislators than we do with industrial partners. Uh, or, or, or commercial customers. Yeah. And so the fact that legislation should be holding back innovation that reduces greenhouse gas emission is uh,
0: baffling to me.
1: That, yeah. that, that is a source of frustration, I would agree.
0: Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned, obviously, you, you moved to the US a couple of, couple of years ago. Obviously, we can't not mention uh, the, the, the inauguration that's happening uh, Friday. Um, what 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 is the likely impact of a of a, a Trump administration uh, over in the US in terms of your you know your path and your continued sort of route to success? Yeah, I
1: I, I find you know, I find this. I, I mean, I think about this all the time, of course, but for me, it's it's, it's it is it is so unpredictable. I, I you know I, I could paint scenarios where it's where it's terrible for us. I could paint scenarios where it's wonderful for us. And and I, and I think ultimately we just don't know we um know that there, there is this is so unprecedented um, you know had uh, had had a, had a had an established politician been elected into the post one could perhaps predict the the impact on a business with with greater certainty but but right now what i can say is the uh, <laughs> i just i have no idea i don't think anyone has any idea and i, I think uh I'm I'm really fascinated to understand what what this country and and the world will look like in in 12 months time after uh, 12 months of a, of a Trump presidency and and I, I really don't have I really don't have the first clue as to what it's going to look like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, exactly. Um, I mean, what were you doing before this, Sean? What what were you what were you up to before you you co-founded? Oh-
1: yeah, I was I was a bench scientist. I worked in uh, I worked in uh, I did I did a PhD in the UK in the University of York. I uh, I worked in Japan for a few years. I I then moved to New Zealand, where I worked in um, in the forestry sector uh, in a company developing um, uh, technologies to reduce costs for for the for the pulp and paper industry. Uh, and it was there that we really started thinking about. Um, uh, making renewable fuels, and uh, and so yeah, just just a scientist. So uh, so get, sort of getting into the world of, of of entrepreneurialism has been has been tremendously exciting. I I, I, I love it.
0: Just a scientist. Just a scientist. <laughs> just a scientist. Well, look, Sean, I've, I've really enjoyed finding out more about Lanzatech. Tech. I, I love the, you know the opportunity being presented here, the incredible innovation that's going on uh, under the bonnet, as it were. But you know, we urge our listeners to go out and seek out your website find out more if they if they're in so inclined but in the meantime you know wish you all the best with the with the business for the year ahead at least sean
1: thanks tom and uh yeah let's let's see where we stand in a year
0: Sean Simpson there, co-founder and chief scientific officer of Lanzatech, a company which I'm sure you will agree is really going places. They've got some amazing traction in the last few years in terms of funding, in terms of customers, as you heard, uh, for their fuels and the whole process. And more and more companies really sort of buying into what they're doing. So well well worth checking out and keeping an eye on what they're up to. Of course, as Sean said, still plenty of work to do. It'll be interesting to see how the the impact of Trump plays out over the the coming years for a company like that. Uh, If you want to know more about Lanzatech, head to the website, lanzatech.com. Uh, as ever please do let me know what you think of Tech about sean about what they're up to about, about what you think of the show in general um you can connect with me on twitter at tom idol is my handle uh, i'm on linkedin just search for tom idol at narrative matters on linkedin uh, you can also comment on the page within our show notes on the website uh, if you've got something to share or something to say um but that's it for another week um i hope you enjoy the show we'll be back again uh, on friday for our friday five news roundup show uh, with vicky knowles that'll come out about lunchtime on friday so look out for that Uh, but until next time goodbye